Well, it seemed to me as if I'm doing ancient history, <laughs> because my photography goes back to way back when you had the brownie box camera, and the brownie box camera had a fixed aperture and fixed shutter. You press the button, and that was it. <laughs> well, that's my dad talking about his start with photography. I'm going to share his story and also chat with my sons about their photography. Then one of my first clients and one of my more recent clients will also share their stories of photography with their fathers. In case you haven't caught on, this is Father's Day weekend, and in this episode, we remember stories of photography with our fathers. This is the Shutterbug Life Podcast, episode 70. Welcome to Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast. We're all learning how to be better photographers. I'm your host, Linford Borden. Of course, you can call me Lynn, and this is episode 70. Since it's Father's Day weekend, I want to have a little fun. So I'm going to ask you just to indulge me for this episode. Today, I chat with my dad, who was my first photography teacher. And he's been a big part of my story uh, about how I got into photography. But I learned about his start and his photography journey and from an interview I'm going to share with him um, today. Now, I also share some of your stories as well. It's not just about me. So Emily Carter is one of my alums from way, way back. And she's going to come on and share her story about her dad and the photography they did in really interesting outdoor locations and how she still continues that today. And then I'm going to close, well, not close, I'll have one other story from a, it's a heartwarming story from one of the newer members of our community, Sheldon Katz. You're going to love this one. Now, one more thing. I thought it would be fun outside of doing the whole talking with our father's thing, since I am a father, um, to chat with my sons. You know, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by the way they have all just taken to photography without much real encouragement or prodding from me, probably the same way I picked it up. And so we get into the third generation of Morton photographers to close out this episode and uh, just hear from them how they're doing it. Now, as far back as I can remember, photography was just a part of our home. Everywhere we went, my dad had a camera, and he had a camera in our faces. We just took it for granted that there would always be cameras. My dad was a teacher and a photographer, and more than that, we didn't do anything without taking pictures. So it just became a natural thing for me. So I thought it'd be fun to 
have him reminisce about his career path. Now, we have a lot of ground to cover today, so we're going to get right to it. So here's my interview with my dad. Good. So this is exciting. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you know, so much of my story around photography that I've, that I've been telling with my business starts with your story with how you taught yourself photography back in St. Kitts. So I was wondering, because I'm just telling it from my point of view, what I remember. Why don't we start there? Tell me about how you learned photography. Well, it seemed to me as if I'm doing ancient history <laughs> because my photography goes back to way back when you had the brownie box camera. And the brownie box camera had a fixed aperture and fixed shutter. You press the button and that was it. <laughs> Wait a minute. How, how did you control light then? There was no control whatever light there was. Oh, the brownie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever light there was, that's what you had. You point the camera, there was no zoom in or zoom out. You just pointed the camera to the person. You make sure the head or the body was in the frame. You press the button, click, and that was it. <laughs> Kept things simple, huh? Very simple. <laughs> so so what made you interested in that, though? Why, why did you want to even start that? Well, um, back then... It goes back to school. Um, when you finish what is equivalent to high school in the States, if you were one of the top students, then you were selected to be trained to be a teacher. So um, I was one of those. I was selected to be a trained to be a teacher, and I had a mentor. Um, he taught me how to answer the questions properly so that you can um, get good grades. And besides being a mentor for that, he loved photography, so he also taught me to do photography. Oh. Who is this? This is McLachlan, Don McLachlan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, he would show me how to take the pictures and um, how to process them. I remember when I, got my, when I bought my first brownie box camera, I'm laying claim to this. At one time, I held the camera <laughs> and... Hands length from me, turn it towards me, click the button, and took a picture of me. And I think that that was the first selfie. I'm claiming that unless somebody can dispute <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you that I found proof, but. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when you were at 15, because I think that picture is on, on my website, too. Mm. It must about, yeah, about that age, yeah. Okay, so, d so. do we dare say what, what year that was? Um, I'll have to do some calculations. I don't have a calculator next to me now. My so. math, if I can say, my math says it's about 1954. That would be right, about right. Yeah. Okay. About right, right. So <laughs> the the first selfie, 1954, you pointed the camera at yourself. That was the first picture you, you'd taken? No, no, no. Um, I was taking pictures then, but that was the first selfie. I'm laying claim to the first selfie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, had, I had my brownie, and I would go around and take pictures. Of people just because I like taking pictures with my brownie. That um, there's nothing official. Just happy to have my brownie slung around my shoulder and take pictures here and there. <laughs> so you're just taking pictures of portraits or just just random shots? Random shots. Anything that didn't that got in my view. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of what a lot of what we do these days too. 
So then you, you, from just running around and, and shooting, I think it progressed to almost a portrait and for and wedding business in St. Kitts. Did it not? Yeah. Um, back in St. Kitts, um, back to Donald, he taught me how to, um, we went from that to, for my browning, then advanced to, I think it was called a twin lens reflex mm-hmm. camera, um, which you manually set your um, aperture and your exposure by just flicking a lever. So by flicking a lever, you can change it from 8 to 12 or whatever. And also the other lever change your shutter speed. So that gave you some control. Okay. You know, with the twin lens reflex, you look down and you saw through one lens, but the picture took the other lens. So what was possible is that you could be blocking the lens that's taking the picture while you're seeing something. So you have to be very careful because it's... <laughs> right. It's, yeah, call it twin lens. Now, that would give you about 12 exposures. So those exposures were very, very precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we blow that on just one shot these days. Yeah, 12 exposures. Uh, I think it was a 120 film. Mm-hmm. And um, so... You had 12 exposures to work with. Of course, you had an, you always take an extra roll with you. But it's when you manually had a roll of film, which you put into the camera, advance it, and take a picture, advance the other one. And when the 12 were finished, that was it. <laughs> that's cool. So 120 film, that's pretty big. And, and this is now... So where were you getting this film? Where Were they... Was there a photography store in St. Kitts? Or where's this film coming from? Um, and all the chemicals. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a photography. It was a... What? It was a, a store in Bastyr, the capital. That was a store... Bastyr is the stored, capital of St. Kitts. Cap, yeah, capital of St. Kitts. But this was a drugstore. Okay. But um, the person in the drugstore, Mr. Scarry, who was the owner of the drugstore, he loved photography, so he stocked these things. Um, he stock film, he stock paper, he stock chemicals. So that's where you went to get those um, supplies. Was there a, were there a lot of people down in St. Kitts then who liked photography, who loved photography? Because it sounded like this is more coincidental. Plus, he's even stocking stuff now. Yeah, not, not a lot. I mean, you had those people in Bastia who were the professionals who would have a studio and um, would have the big cameras that you go under and put a black cloth over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those. And then in the country here and there, you had one person like in Kayon, where I live. I was the king because I had Kayon and I had the villages surrounding. And these villages were like um, two or three miles apart, but of course that was a long distance then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing this on your bicycle, right? On my bicycle, yeah. That's um, now, how do you get customers at that time? Right. Good question. Well, since, since I was teaching, um, the students walked from the surrounding villages to the school in Kayon. Mm-hmm. So um, on, on any day, I would get a message from someone in the village via a student to say, Sunday was my day to visit the villages and take pictures. Mm-hmm. So on any day, a student would come to me and say, um, Miss Sarah Jane says she wanted to take a picture on Sunday. Okay. And that's, how it, that's how they did the booking. Very, very professional. 
That's funny because, you know, being a teacher and having those students, that became where you got a lot, even later from what I remember, that's where you got clients to do both photography and video. Yeah. So what would happen is that um, two or three people would send messages to say that they wanted a picture taken. So on Sunday, I would um, sling my camera over my shoulder, get on my bicycle, and find those people. Because in the village, everybody knew everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll go to the village and you'll find, okay, Mary Jane, she lives up the hill up that way. And you'll go to her and you'll get a picture. Now, in those days, um, sunlight was what you depended on. Right. So at, at first I had a, a meter that would tell me how to set the aperture and the exposure. But after a while, I'd just look in the sky and say, okay, <laughs> 8 and 1, 6 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But what, what was interesting then, you had no control of the light. And in the islands, the sun always is shining brightly. Mm. So you get you get um high contrast. Harsh, yeah. Yeah. So what we did most of the time is that we set up the shot, we kept looked up in the sky for a cloud to come over, and as soon as the cloud came across the sun, then you got your picture. We showed that. that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. You just wait for the clouds. Wait for the clouds. Were there a lot of clouds? Not enough, but enough, sometimes uh... it, sometimes it was a long wait. Mm. And then after you've taken that picture, then the person will tell you, oh, Mary Sue down the hill is waiting for you. She wants to take a picture also. <laughs> so wow. you went and took that one. And in an afternoon, you might have eight or ten. So what happened is that when I got back home, there was always one or two exposures left. And my son then, who was um, a baby, one or whatever, I always finished the film on him, so he had he got a lot of pictures taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where all those pictures came from. Okay, <laughs> so whenever there was something left over, two or three exposures, um, you just finish them. Um, finish them on him. Was the poor guy. He got so many pictures um, rated and all. <laughs> oh no! Stop that. Uh, <laughs> so wait a minute. You're taking one exposure of each person and moving on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, and, um, you you had to get it in one shot, huh? You had to get it in one shot. You had twelve exposures. You couldn't right. afford. Right. When you said you had six or seven people, I was like, wait a minute. I can do that level of math. Um. Wow. Okay. One shot and leaving, huh? And yep, then yep. and and then you go home, develop and take it back the same day or something. The oh, next, no, no, the no, next no. Sunday or something. Um. Then you go home process it in the dark room and those are the days where you had your chemicals in some trays some small maybe eight by ten trays you develop in one tray you stop bath in another and you fix in the other and you physically held both ends of the film and move it back and forth mm. into the chemical for a certain given time mm -hmm. and then you put it to dry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then came the making the prints um, you had a, something called an enlarger. It was like a projector right. or a copy stand, more like a copy stand. And then you'll have to expose it to the paper for a certain time. Sometimes if you didn't do well, it came up too dark or too light and you keep judging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, then the, you have to dry them, wash them and dry them. 
The interesting part about drying first is that you had a highly reflective sheet in which, on which you turn the pictures down and squeeze the water out and put it in the sun sign, put it out in the sun. <laughs> like it's like, like on, on a clothesline almost? Yeah, yeah. You put, put the sheet out in, in the sun and after an mm-hmm. hour or two, the wind would blow them off and, you know, they're dry. You put on another mm-hmm. thing. Okay, okay. Sounds like ancient history, huh? Right, right. <laughs> Technology. Um, it's, well, shoot, I did a lot of that in in college, so and, and developed my own pictures. It, it, practically the same process. So, thirty, forty years later, hadn't changed that much. Yeah. Okay, so so you did that in 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 Saint Kitts for a while, and then I remember, I don't, I remember having cameras all over when we were because we moved to St. Thomas at some point and I remember having cameras around the house. I don't remember anything professional, but I remember this is my first recollection of photography is that there were always cameras around the house and twin lens reflex cameras. I think I even got, had got one for myself. In St. Thomas? Yeah. Okay. You don't remember that? I didn't do as much. In, I did in St. Thomas, but it was not as um, uh, commercial as, as, as much. And what I did more in St. Thomas was um, I taught um, photography as a club. I could remember that as a club. Oh, wow. I started a club um, because it was always in my bones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we started a club, and I brought my enlarger with me. And at that time, I had a professional dryer, um, which you plugged in electricity and dried it much faster. Right. So I brought everything with me to St. Thomas. And... um, I started a club, a photography club. How many people so, were in your club? No, about eight or ten. Okay. Were, yeah. <laughs> and what did you all do in this club? Did you just go shoot pictures together, or did you? I mean, what does the club do? Just meet and show images, or what? Um, we just we just um, people who like to take pictures, and, and then since uh, during that time we didn't have much of professional processing, um, we'd bring up of tapes together and um, process them and print them just for the fun of it. So you'd process and print together? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we, had a, we, had a, we set up a dark room. Okay. Did you all uh, shoot pictures that, together? No, we didn't go and shoot together. We just okay. Person. But then we, that moved up to the time when we got to um, doing slides. I could remember. Um, then we got up to 35 millimeter cameras. And then you have a 36, I think, to 30 or 36 to a roll. And then you can also do slides. But with the slides, colored slides, you, um, you have to send those over to a process. Right, right. I could remember once um, there was going to be some function in another island, and somebody hired me to do some slides. You wanted to do a slideshow. So I did slides of um, St. Thomas, the Interesting places, went to the beach, went to the um, Megan's Bay and other places and did a whole set of slides, sent them to process. And then what they did, they showed them on the Kodak Housel, I think it was called, in the projector. <laughs> we, we had a tray, you put, the, you put the slides in the tray mm-hmm. and they move around one by one. Yes, I know those, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, at the function, that was a big hit. To, they played music. 
and show the slides. That was a big hit there. <laughs> so you had the best of St. Thomas, huh? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's fun. Okay, so fast forward then to, the I guess, the next time I remember you doing something more commercially was when either, I think, in New Orleans. And it, again, it was students. Oh, some Baton Rouge, too, because we would go out to do the photograph, the proms of in the... Yeah, well, out in the country, I think you worked out in the country and or wherever it was, but they had some proms. I'm not sure where it was. Okay. And we would go photograph the the students at the prom. You remember those? No, the ones that passed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would go out to the prom, set up and and shoot portraits at these proms. And because I remember we would get the pictures back and we would have to stuff all the envelopes and and, okay. and and then you know so you can take them all out together. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very uh, time-consuming, laborious process, which I know because now I, could just, I just I put my pictures up on a website and they click what they want and delivery is yeah, done automatically. Now that time it was um, you had to hand deliver, hand deliver and hand collect the cash. Not not nothing but. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so well that that meant for you know, I guess better better interaction with your customers. Yeah, um, that's cool. And then so and then it is so it's moved on to now that you are more. You went to, from photography to video. Therefore, what what, what yeah. was the transition? What brought that transition on? Well, um, to go from photographer video um, takes me back to moving to. Um, LSU, Louisiana State University, mm-hmm. where I studied, um, and I, my emphasis was on, on media, instructional media. Okay. And part of instructional media, I had to do, um, I had to do video, which means that I had to have um, practice and experience in working in a studio. Um, with cameras and lighting and um, um, professional studio. That was part of my training. Right. So that is what swung me over to um, the video side of it. And I guess I kind of liked it. And then from there, after graduation, then I went to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right, right. Went to New Orleans, um, worked as a librarian because that was my minor, and then I was able to um, get a job at a high school where they taught television production. Yeah, that, go ahead. Yeah, of course, then um, that was my first independent, so I was kind of nervous then because I had to go in to this three-camera studio and learn everything and, and some of the equipment I wasn't quite familiar with, but um, you learn fast if you have to teach it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, fortunately, when I, the person who I succeeded, there were some students, who were like senior students, who already knew about the equipment so that I just um, let them go on and in the background and sort of picked up from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then over time, I mastered it. This was very, very interesting, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, students, my students always, my 
my um, classes were always full. Right. Yeah. I had to turn down students because it was, it was a fun course, which I enjoyed and which they enjoyed. So you, you actually created a video, like news programs or, or drama? Or what kinds of stuff did you create? Okay. Well, first of all, you had to do the basics. Okay, of course. Yeah. On the first in class, the students want to be do a movie. Can we do a movie? <laughs> first in class. <laughs> Let's do a movie. <clears throat> but of course, they had to go to the basics, learn to use um, the camera operations, um, learn how to listen to the director and follow his instructions, learn the basic shots, um, which tied in with photography because the shots are just about the same. You have to mm-hmm. learn the, the rule of thirds. Mm-hmm. You have to know light the basic um, three-point lighting. Um, so right. it was like a bridge there. But um, the you had to do a, a, a daily program. Um, so it was um, it was learning the theory, but put it into practice right away. Right. And your, your students are pretty good. I remember once when I was working, I forget where I was working, and we came to New Orleans uh, for a mm-hmm. conference. And I, I, I was, of course, I did communications. And we got you to bring your students to come out because they said, we, we want to videotape it. And I said, well, my, my dad can have his students do it. And you, you brought some students out, set up cameras, and recorded the whole thing. And I remember everyone at work was just so tickled with that. I was so t- tickled and thrilled to see the kids come in and, and do that work and do it so that well. Was, yeah, that was part of the um, pulling point um, for the students because not only did we do it in the studio, but every occasion that I could get to take them out of the studio, we did that. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was fantastic because uh, um, what you're referring to, I had my best students, of course, and they say, okay, here's what we do in the studio. We're going to take this outside and do the same thing. You're going to have two cameras. Mm-hmm. You're going to set them up to a switcher, portable switcher, and to the recorder, and we do the same thing. So you're on camera one, you know, your shot, camera two, we do the same thing. And that was mean, such a meaningful experience for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. They, they seem to really get uh, get a kick out of that. He was going to the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your, your, your best experiences doing that? I know, man, you taught so many students that whenever I'd go back to New Orleans, we went anywhere, you'd always bump into a student of yours somewhere. Mm-hmm. What was most rewarding about that whole experience for you? What was most rewarding was um, having seen the students totally involved. Um, they really liked it, and it was not a burden for them to learn the vocabulary, learn to master the equipment, because you realize there's something they can use. For example, um, when we do our daily newscast, uh, we had to make it um, as interesting as possible. So during the football season, we'll have to go to the football games and capture the games. So what was interesting there was um, I, would, I would take a crew and the other students would have to pay to get in to see the game. <laughs> so but they got my, it for free? <laughs> my students got it for free and they hear somebody did it. One person took the camera. Mm-hmm. One person took the empty camera case. <laughs> <laughs> 
one person took the tripod <laughs> and they announced, um, um, this is the crew, and four or five students will come through. <laughs> so as long as you have something in your hand, you can get in for free. Oh, yeah, right. you're, 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 you're part of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then they enjoyed that. Then we had to come back the next day and, and do the highlight of the game. Um, the guy doing the touchdown, running almost halfway down the field and the touchdown. And um, we had to write a script, of course. And I, I love the students who played the game to write the script because they knew the language better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So they, they would write the script. Now, what are you shooting on? Is this three-quarter inch or is it uh, beta or what? I mean, it's smaller? Um, VHS. VHS. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and um, I think then later on we didn't went to um, like eight millimeters. Okay. Okay. But we had equipment to go with it, with that to edit it. And so um, the students they really enjoyed it because if you were the person who was the the talent for the morning um, and you were on camera, you were the the talent. The um, good morning um, to the principals, staff, and students. Here's today's news read by what you um, students still call me and tell me that was so much meaningful to them. They're, yeah. They remember that. yeah. And then I think you said some of them have gone on to, to do this as a professional profession. Well, um, I had a, a, a great um, awakening a couple of weeks ago. Because I'm not a Facebook person, but for some reason I was on Facebook and a name popped up, um, Tommy Estwick. Tommy, are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> Tammy Estwick, and I said, hey, that's my student. And in her profile, she had um, where she went to school, where she went to college, and now she was a reporter at um, WAPT Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, live at five. Tammy Estwick, I said, what? That's my student. You go, girl. (laughs) That that, that made me proud. That made me proud. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. And so the last leg now, you know, you guys got washed out with Hurricane Katrina to Houston and you are in in your retirement still teaching and still doing photography. But now you've had to come back and learn digital, right? Because the last time you worked for did photography, of course, you did it all by film. And and I know we've been going back and forth as you've been making the transition now to digital which is what a lot of people end up doing, right? Starting in film, going away for a while, and coming back. How do you finding coming back to digital? Well, I think um, it's um, it's like fast forward, but having gone through the basics, then is not as great because um, you learn uh, learn way back the basics. Mm-hmm. So it's applying the basics. What what is um, interesting now is that um, you pull the trigger and you shoot. Five, six, seven shots of the of the same thing. <laughs> that, that, would, that would that would be a crime earlier because that's a whole roll of film gone. <laughs> a crime, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, going back then, um, now you have digital. You have the your, your flashes built into the camera. Mm-hmm. Back then, you had a separate flash, and you bought a pack of bulbs. They look right. like, um, like like Christmas tree lights. Those kind of bulbs. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever you take a picture and you press the button, if you if I'm doing a wedding in a church, you press the button, you do a flash, it made a sound, <laughs> and the the, 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 um, the bulb is gone. 
one time use. <laughs> you have to be, you, yeah, you think you always have to be on back then, right? Film, bulbs, everything was just one and yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now, um, moving forward now, I'm transitioning back to photography. So it's a new learning process. But I've got a little experience that that makes it not that much difficult because you can bridge the gap, so to say. Right. But every now and again, I come upon a problem. But I have a mentor who I just called. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so um, my son, who I taught photography years ago is not my mentor <laughs> in, in in this new age that's crazy so, isn't it yeah so i just go and say um look man i'm doing so and so what's what and um he'll just in 10 seconds say okay do that do that, do that. i said man could you imagine that <laughs> could you imagine have to rely on him to tell me what to do <laughs> role reversal role reversal one big circle one big circle yeah it's 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 so funny because some a lot of the things you're talking about that you taught to your media class of course my son now Marcus has had media this year we'll be talking with him in a second and wow. he went through all those things too talking about you know an, another circle mm-hmm. of life here that he you know got to go and photo and videotape the the games and learn all you know all the roles uh-huh. in the studio. So it, it's kind of funny watching this Ooh, from both it's, sides. It's, it's scary to know that um, it's like a, another spirit. The spirit, the spirit keeps moving on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the new spirit, the spirit of photography mm-hmm. that, that drifts among us. All right, that ends the interview with my dad. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It also ends part one of the podcast. I decided to break this up into two parts so that you could take a break and go do something else and then resume again with the rest of the interviews. In part two, I will start with Emily Carter. I will bring you Sheldon Katz's interview and then share my chat with my three sons. And... uh, A lot of fun stuff still coming in our Father's Day special, Photography with Our Fathers.